Hey everyone, this is Mike Andes. You're listening to the Business Bootcamp Podcast. I really appreciate you being here today. Uh, we have a, we have a full plate today because I got some announcements. I got uh, a great episode. And but first, I want to say a big thank you to today's sponsor, which is Gusto. Gusto.com/bootcamp. Many of you have already gone there and seen what Gusto can do for your business, for your people. And as we're going to be talking about in today's episode. Creating a team is so imperative and keeping that team is imperative. And how do you keep them? Taking care of them. That can be payroll, like increasing their benefits. It can be uh, making sure it's a a painless, seamless uh, process of making sure that they get paid every single pay period. So the last thing you want is where they don't can't depend on their check being in their bank account if you're doing direct deposits or if you don't see them sometimes so you're not able to get them a handwritten check. So what Gusto does is really automate all of that system. All you have got to do is enter their hours in each pay period and it's going to either allow you to print off their uh print off their uh pr- their 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 paycheck right there or you can set it up so it's automatically transferred into their bank account. So it's very seamless, very good for your people for payroll, as well as setting up medical benefits, 401ks, retirement stuff. It's fantastic. So check it out. They're giving us a 90-day trial just for the listeners of this podcast. It's gusto, G-U-S-T-O dot com slash bootcamp. Now, before we get into today's show, we talked to Scott, who's the owner of uh, Dunbar, but now is called Dependable Electrical Services. Before we get into that show today and we talk about that, I have a big announcement, and it actually stems from people who have been listening to this podcast as well as Landscape Business Course podcast. And several people asked about a recent announcement that I had over there. I announced over there that I'm going to be doing this thing, starting this thing where people can actually have me come to their business and kind of do like an in-depth review. Like if you listen to like The Profit or these other shows where like a business person will come in and analyze and try to help a company, I'm, that's what essentially what I'm offering. And so uh, it's, it's called, right, like for the landscaping business, I was planning to do this only to be for the landscapers. Uh, because I go really deep. I have a course in that. That's what my, you know, I've been doing it for a long time. But uh, a lot of you, or a few of you, sorry, that listen to both the, the shows emailed me and were like, hey, we are not landscapers, but we would love to take advantage of this where you come out to our place and analyze our company. And you spent, I spent an entire day there and I fly there. I pay for my pay, my, my plane and my hotel. You just pay one flat fee. And then I essentially shadow you for the whole day. So I see how you, how your business operates. I see how you deal with your people, how you uh, hire people, how you do estimates. And then I create like ways that you can make it more efficient, how you create better systems, how you can uh, be, uh, deal with your customers and your, and your people, your employees better. And so um, it's kind of be very intensive one day. And so for the landscapers, I created the thing where they're going to come to my company and then I'm going to go to their company for one day, like one day each, and they kind of get a few op- different options. What people have been asking for though, a few of you had emailed and said, hey, like we're not landscapers, but we'd love for you to come to our business and do the same thing, like analyze it, spend a day with us, shadow us, see where we can make it more efficient, et cetera. Like this is going to be for companies that are probably making over 500000 uh, a year in revenue uh, that actually have some money to spend on making sure that they can double their business or, you know, how to improve their marketing and really uh, scale up. And you have a team and maybe even an office, things like that. And so what I'm willing to do, and at first this is going to be kind of, this is not going to be very professional and I probably should just wait on this, but I'm not going to because a few of you had asked. So I said, okay, we're just going to go for it. So I just launched on landscapebusinesscourse.com. That's my course for landscapers. Okay. I just launched on there where if you look in the top, very top right, when you go to the homepage, there's a tab, uh, a navigation tab called landscape X. It's got, it stands for landscape experience. If you click on landscape experience, you're going to see what what all these landscaping companies are and my course members, stuff like that is going to see where they have different options. Augusta X, that's where they come see my company, Hometown X, and then Landscape X. Uh, What I would suggest if you are not a landscaping company, but you want me to come to your place uh, for one day, I analyze your business system. I create a five-year business playbook for you. We we talk about the key performance indicators along each of those steps. I do an in-depth financial and marketing review. Like We really dig deep. For one solid day, I take care of my own travel expenses, motel, food, all that stuff. 
I would suggest hometown X because if you're not a landscaper coming and shadowing me for one day, isn't going to do you a whole lot of good. So I would suggest doing hometown X. Uh, you can get it like, uh, like for three, for three, for $3,000, uh, during the winter, during the summer, it's more expensive because the landscapers, they're going to want to see a lot of like estimates and me actually dealing with people. And I'm really busy from like March to October with all of that. So they're probably going to want to take advantage of that. That's $6,000, uh, because if they want to come see like my company, uh, however, for hometown X during the winter months, it's only $3,000 that includes, I will pay for my flight, my motel, like I said, everything. And then you get one solid day, one-on-one with me in your business. That's called hometown X. So if you go to landscapebusinesscourse.com, click on the landscape X tab up on the top right or in the navigation tab, you're going to go to the website. It's like I said, like I said, make sure this is clear. It's going to say like, this is going to be for landscapers. It looks very much similar. Um, however, when I start setting up your hometown experience where I come and we set up times and everything, obviously we'll communicate and I'll have said, Hey, like I know you're not a landscaper, so you can tell me that and stuff. So hometown X, it's the middle option. If you scroll down on the homepage, you can click on more info and get exactly kind of what that looks like. Remember, this is all geared for a landscaping company, but I can do the same thing for any other business. Um, so that, that will give you a little more info. And then if you click on buy now, it'll take you directly to PayPal and you can just essentially pay right from there $3,000. And then we'll set up a scheduled time for me to come fly out and be there for one solid day. Like that's from like 7am to like 9pm and, uh, dinner and everything out together and creating all those plans and looking at all your finances. And so it really is just a way for me to a lot of people have been asking about it and I just haven't had the time and I haven't had really a reason to, but like I've always really, really wanted to do more than just on the phone. I love being on the phone and helping as many people as I can. I don't charge for 90% of it, 95% of it uh, of the on the phone stuff. I love it. But now I really want to take it to the next level as far as being able to see you, be able to see your business, see exactly how you operate within your business. I think it's gonna be a lot more valuable to people because like I can, you know, take your word for it over the phone, but if I can see things, like I can spend five minutes with your your team at your at your team meeting and say, hey, X, Y, and Z would be really good options to change, or you can improve your marketing to do this and and really scale it up, or you need to uh, focus more on sales instead of X, Y, and Z, and how are we going to do that? How are we going to create systems within the business to make it more efficient? I just really do believe that the $3,000 would be a fantastic investment for any small business, especially if you're doing over four or 500,000, you have three, four plus employees at least. And um, so yeah, like, like I said, like I said, Landscape Business Course is a website for landscapers. If this gets popular enough with the non-landscapers, um, I will create a website on businessbootcamppodcast.com and make it a little more more not landscaper-like. However, like I said, just be very aware if you're going to go down this path, the website looks very much for landscapers. But once you buy the course on PayPal, or not the course, but you buy the experience, the hometown experience, on PayPal, I will get in contact with you and you'll say, Hey, I'm not a landscaper FYI. And I'll be like, no problem. Um, and I, I will definitely do my homework on your company before I even show up. It's not like I'm just be like showing up blind. I will, I will pour myself into your business just as much as you do for that one day. And obviously we'll stay, we'd stay in contact afterwards, but, um, that that's what I'm offering. And so this is, like I said, like I'm, I kind of feel ashamed to do this because it's a landscaping course, a very much geared website and how I explain hometown X and I explain August X and all that. It's all very much landscapers. But if you want me to come to your business for one solid day and do a very in-depth analysis of so many different things and get all of your questions answered and maybe you'll actually see what you're talking about and give live feedback, uh, definitely check out landscapebusinesscourse.com, click the landscape X navigation tab, and then only buy the hometown experience. Uh, Cause there's really no point if you're, doing electrical work to come see my business. Like if you really want to, I don't mind, but I don't think you'd get as much value out of, you know, me seeing me do estimates and things like that as much as a landscaper would might be. So I would definitely suggest getting the hometown experience where I come to you and really do an in-depth analysis of your business. And, uh, that's pretty much it. Now, now it's not it because we got a great show today and that was a long, long, um, 
announcement. <laughs> but I've, a few of you had asked about it because it's for landscapers right now. And you see me like, hey, we're not landscapers, but we want you to come. And so that is now set up, landscapebusinesscourse.com. Today, though, we are talking to Scott, and Scott is really trying to scale up his business. He's making about, like I said, eight to $900,000 in revenue. Each year for the past few years, he wanted to scale that up. He has like five employees, and he's wanting to figure out how he can, can how he can grow his business. And I want a, kind of a different path than I usually would. The reason is because I have a very clear understanding for service businesses, how you can scale it up. Oh, uh, that's like electrical service, contracting services. And it's funny because sometimes I'll get on these, 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 uh, calls and you guys will hear me talk about their website and they need to be focusing on X, Y, and Z. And we'll talk about a uh, Google and we're taught, we'll talk about reviews and we'll talk about Google maps and, and links and zip codes and city names and their front page. And then for someone like Scott today, his website doesn't look great at all. He doesn't really have any content. It's one page, nothing clickable. Like none of his, his employees are on there. Like not a great website at all, which is fine. But you'll hear me say not to worry about that today. And you'll, you'll, you'll hear me talk about the ways that he should be, what he should be focusing on to grow his electrical business. So without any further delay, let's jump right into the call. This is Scott. I talked to him just today, actually. I'm uploading this pretty late. Uh, so today I, I talked to him and I, I think it's a really good one, especially if you're in a service-based business. So without any further delay, Scott from Dependable Electrical Services. Here we go. D-U-N-D-A-R-R. Dot com. And yeah, there, there it is right there. So, and I'll explain why that is. Okay. So, up until January 1st, I was a sole proprietor. I ran my business as a sole proprietor for nine years. Uh-huh. And then um, this year, I've been wanting to do it for a while, but I just wasn't able to do it. And so this year we went and we incorporated. Uh-huh. And in, as incorporating, I never really liked having my name on the company. Yeah. Um, and so I changed the name from Dunbar Electrical Services to Dependable Electrical Services. I kept the acronym, mm-hmm. but but changed the, the first first word, obviously. Yeah, cool. All right. So so where, where are you from, Scott? Napa, California. Oh, okay, cool. Very cool. Well, right. I'm originally from your, your area. That's where I grew up. I grew up in the, in the in Port Orchard. Oh, really? Is, huh. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. All right. So give me a little bit of background, kind of like how you started the business, kind of where you're at now, and then we can kind of go into, because I have, so, you know, I have, I have so my, 745, my, so go for it. My my, my story is um, a lot like some of the ones that I've heard on your podcast where it, I had to make a choice. I was doing so much side work. I had to make a choice. Either I'm going to start my own business or I'm going to stop doing side work. I just worked for a company because it was taking too much time away from my family. And so I decided to go ahead and make that leap um, in 07, go ahead and give it a try. And it worked out good. Um, and then I slowly grew the business and grew and got more contractors. And I'm to the point where I am now. Um, but I'm kind of, you know, the reason why I'm reaching out to you is I'm kind of stuck. It seems like, and I'm, I, I don't, really understand how to get to the next level like what what you're doing so you started roughly four years ago right correct and to get to the point where right now i have guys in the field Mm -hmm. but i'm quality control Mm -hmm. i got to make sure that you know the jobs are going right i have to meet with the with the end customer the contractor with those guys i have to bid the jobs invoice the jobs and then uh you know receive payment and my wife does the books and the payroll, mm-hmm. but everything else I do. Yep. And it's just, it, it, it's a lot to do. Um, and I just don't know, like you, you have office staff and what point do you, you know, hire the office staff or a field supervisor? Um, it just, it boggles my mind how, you know, you can grow your business that quickly mm-hmm. and then, and still, and still opening up another, another um, location. Right. All at the same time. It's just, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. Like, um, so like right now you said you had five employees, is that correct? Yes. Yeah. And then I think your revenue, if I remember correctly, I'm just looking back is like seven to 800 grand approximately each year. Yeah. It goes, you know, it's one year it'll oh, be eight. nine something okay. and then it'll seven. Yeah. Seven between seven and nine. 
never quite tipped that million dollar mark, but it was real close. How, years how, ago. how long? So has, has it been about three, four years that's kind of been around that same level, eight to nine? Yeah. Yep. It's always, it's always right in there. Okay. And then do you have a office location right now or do you do it at your house? Yeah, it's an office. Lo- it's a, no, it's not an office location. It's it's in the back of my house. I have an office in the back, um, a remote in the back of my house. Okay. So it's a home. It's a home office. Cool. And then when you do services, is it mostly for residential? Or you do like commercial more? It's a, it's it's a uh, pretty even. It's pretty even as far as commercial because I know how to do all of it, mm-hmm. and so it just depends on the contractor. The con- some of my contractors do both. Some of them only do commercial. Some only do residential. Mm-hmm. It just depends. But I, but we do all of it. So you're mostly doing new installs. Is that correct then? But we're doing remodels too. Okay. Okay. So you have a so lot of, one of my, one of my biggest customers is Paul Davis restoration. They're a restoration firm that if you, when someone burns their house and they have an mm-hmm. insurance claim, yeah, then they go in and do the restoration work whether it be only half the house or the whole house needs to be gutted sheetrock wise and then uh-huh. rebuilt a little bit and then put back together. Um, so we do a lot of that stuff too. Okay. Yeah. Like, like, so if, before we dig a little deeper, like um, if I asked you like right off the bat, cause I kind of have a feeling of what I'm going to say, but if I asked you right off the bat, like what do you feel if, if there's one thing that you do on a daily basis or like you do in the business, that actually grows the company. What's the one thing that you think you would, you should be doing? Um, reaching. Well, you're about to say, I, I think you were, I think you're about to say what I was thinking, but yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. If, if, if I really wanted to grow the company, I'd reach out to more contractors yeah. and let them know that I'm here mm-hmm. and, um, show them what we do. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so like other restoration companies, other contractors, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah, because rarely do we get a, a new customer, a new contractor, and do a job for him, and, uh, and he doesn't keep using us. Right, right. So so what do you feel right now is kind of keeping you back from doing that more? Um, it would be my workload. Yeah. So I, I don't know how that you, you know, you can grow your business so much and find qualified people, whether, whether it be office staff, whether it be field superintendents or just um i'll say technicians right that do their job and do their job well where you're not constantly having to get like you're talking about on your previous podcast those phone calls mm-hmm. hey this isn't done right that isn't done right how come this guy left this and, you know they they left these marks on my side what you know for you you know the same type of thing for me they left marks here they did that you're constantly fielding um little fires right because because you need to find people who are conscientious, right? Right. Well, there's, there's know their job. Right. There's two different ways to look at it, Scott. Like when you're trying to find people, it's all in our industry, your industry. It's always hard. Um, instead of trying to find the people that are conscientious, though, I'd try to be creating a system and a framework that they're only successful in if they are conscientious. And whether that mean hiring and firing faster, or if it means training them in a way that makes it very, very clear as to what they're doing or creating systems like checklists before they leave jobs, stuff like that. Like, um, like quick question. When you say technicians, how much do they get an hour? Cause I know this is probably a higher, higher labor rate than we get. On average 30, $30 an hour. Yeah. That's not too bad. Okay. And are they licensed, uh, electricians? Yes. Okay. All right. And then what's your kind of hourly rate? Like, I don't know if you have an exact one or do you um, kind of have a range? So it's, it's two different rates. The, the rate for um, residential yeah. is $95 an hour. And then the rate for commercial is 105 Good, good, good. Okay. Yeah. So like when there's that kind of margin on a labor rate, um, there's always room for growth. And so if you were, if you would have said like 65 or like 75, I would have been okay that, you know, you, you're going to have to figure something else out. Like you're going to be in a price war. Um, and so you want to get break out of that and you have, so that's good. There's money to play with there. And what you got to realize is like, okay, if you're at five people now, the objective is okay. How do we get to 10? And basically, not maybe double the the company size, but like go to a one point five, say. Um, and so, so then you have to start asking yourself, okay, how do I off 
set a lot of the things that are being put on your, on your plate. And you should just like, you know how I said the first thing that was most effective, you should number the 10 things that you do on a kind of most daily basis and then rank them literally like put them on, on flashcards. Num- number one is going to be, you know, making contact with contractors and property preservation companies. Cause literally if you focused on that all the time, that's how you're going to scale the company. Right? So that's, that's number one. Number two might be finding good people. Um, and, and then number three might be cherishing those people, uh, training them. Um, it might be taking them out on lunch, connecting with them on a personal level, like the people part. Right. Um, and then you, I would work through, you know, the 10, 15 things. I don't know there might be 50, but the 10, you know, kind of categorize them. And then essentially like the task I would do if I was you is attack number 10. Like, how do you get rid of that? How do you outsource it? How do you hire someone? And what it might mean is, is hiring an office staff member to take out number six, eight, nine, and 10, because it's all things that answering the phones or emails or sending estimates or whatever that is. Uh, and it's a jump, but it, at your size of a company to be doing the office work is, is really a waste of your time because you might, you might charge, um, you know, a hundred bucks an hour for your technician well, what would think about this? And this is what, how how I kind of did this a couple of years ago to get it over in my in my mind about hiring office staff. That is, um, what if if you were doing the job instead of your employee, what should that rate be? Because uh, I promise you, you're going to do better work. You're going to do it faster. Blah blah blah. Like really, that rate is probably more like 150 or 170 bucks an hour that you would you would be able to charge or you could uh, justify charging for you to do the work. And then ask yourself the question, why is someone that's worth 150 bucks an hour answering phones or answering emails or clipping out business cards, right? Um, right. You, like if you look at it from a purely financial standpoint, it's there's not even a comparison. At your size of business, like it's amazing that you're answering the phones and that you're doing a lot of the, 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 that sort of stuff um, and, and, and really involved. Uh, but on the other hand, like, you're in a perfect position with five guys to try and get one of those five guys to step up to being a manager. And essentially you can hand the job. Like, I don't know if the, if you have someone like that, but like if, if you can well, say, that's, Go the, ahead. that's the problem. Yep. I've never thought of, like these guys can't estimate their time. Right. I can, yep. I can, I've, I've done it very well for a lot, a lot of time. But if I ask them, how much time do you have left on this job? Mm-hmm. And they'll say, oh, uh, four more hours. And I'll go look at their, I'll go out there and I'll look. And go, do you have another 10, 10 hours worth of work here? Yeah. That's not four hours worth of work. Yeah. And I'm always really close. And they're always, so I, I would never have any of those guys estimate a job for me because I would, I would lose my mm-hmm. tail on the job. Totally. And I, I, I would say the last thing you should outsource in the business is estimating. So, so like that's, cause that's kind of like the, the heartbeat of your, of your net of your, you know, profit margin and, and, and dependability with your contractors and keeping that reputation. Like if that slides, it, it can really affect you. Um, because like you said, if you can lose your shirt, um, but I think there's a lot of things that you're doing. Like for instance, you do the S so what if you do this, you, you find some, one of the guys I, what I would do, Scott, if you don't know right off the bat which one of those guys you would have, I would have a meeting with all five of them, take them out for dinner, and explain kind of what you know what the company's been doing for the past four or five years, what you want it to be, how that's going to benefit them, um, and then look for the one that really steps up to the plate. And then, then I would try to try to nourish that talent to not be the estimator, but be really the person that after you close the deal after the estimate has been done after the contractor's like yep go for it if you can trust him with just the work side of things where you don't feel like you're gonna have to check on them every hour um the reason for that is that you can if you get someone like that you can get more crews out in the field and then that person can be doing the checkups to make sure like quality of work is being up uh, is being upheld gotcha like i would say the 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 lowest hanging fruit is uh, is to hire an office manager. Like your business can sustain it. Like it's easy for you to be like, okay, I'm drawing a hundred grand to the bottom line. If I hire someone that's like 30 grand out the door, how can I do that? But I promise like if you pay someone 30 grand in the next 12 months, your business will just that one thing you'll get like 
at least 1.1, 1.2. The reason is because even if it lo- gives you five to six hours a week, only four or five, six, like, like that many hours a week, that might be three or four contacts that open up, you know, massive jobs. Um, and I, I know how it is, like, especially in your business, you get one massive contract that sets you up for a good few months um, financially, right? And that's just one yeah. contact away. And I imagine right now, less than 5% of your time is actually spent going out and doing that number one thing. No, for sure not. Yeah. It's, it's running around getting materials, making sure that the job's going smooth, um, and, and fielding phone calls from contractors and things like that. Yeah. So I would say number one, like don't do both things right away because it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of change for your guys. Um, number one thing I would say is definitely hire an office manager. Uh, you probably know someone that would be good at, you know, answering phones, customer service, you know, a, a stay at home mom or someone that's, you know, you could pay a little bit more if they're really good at like, uh, just being good with clients or you, you can teach them the thing, the lingo to say for the electrical industry, right? Like you, but you can't teach is like good people skills, uh, good on the phone, things like that. Um, so get that, pay them, you know, 30, whatever you need to pay them, like, uh, a year, whether you do by the hours and I don't know, 15, $20 an hour. Um, I pay them a little bit more than what they could get somewhere else, but you want someone good. Cause you know, five grand at the end of the day, between a good person, and a bad person on your, in your office is, is make or break. Like it, you want someone sure. that's really there. Um, and then that I would do that. And then a couple within a couple months, I would try be trying to do what I just said. Have the meeting with your guys. Make it more formal, not just like after work, guys. Let's just kick back. Like do something like um, at a restaurant. Make it a little more formal. Talk about you know. Make it a 30, 40 minute presentation of what the company's at, where you're. Like I don't know how open you are right now with them as far as financials and things like that. Make them. I'm, I'm very, I'm very open with my guys. Yeah. So, so, so like the the reason they're not gonna get on board a hundred percent right now is if they've been with you for a while, they don't, they don't see the company going anywhere. And because of that, when, when an employee doesn't see the company going anywhere, they don't see their themselves going anywhere in the business. Cause if it's been doing eight to nine for the past three years and they're making 30 right now, they don't see themselves making 40 anytime soon. Now, if they right. see the company growing and expanding, more people getting involved, you're able to put them in management positions. There's, there's somewhere for them to grow. I think you'd be amazed how much they'll step it up because now there's something to like to go after. That's good. And and it'll come a time when like your project manager will be like, "Hey, like I really I want to I want to learn estimating so that you don't have to do that." Because now he realizes number one, he's become more valuable. And there's a place for him to grow into so that the company can continue to grow. But if he just thinks that you're going to be doing estimating for the next 20 years and he's just going to be kicking along, he's never going to be trying to think at a job site, how long is this going to take me? Because he's just working for his hourly wage. Now, if, if you got a good employee, though, if you have a place for him to grow into and he has at least the, for the first year, he has um, the promise of the company growing and he starts to see you changing and... and um, really focusing on growth, then he's like, okay, maybe this is a career that I can build into. Maybe I should start focusing on how I can become more valuable to the corporation. Maybe I should, you know, focus on how I can take things off Scott's plate and uh, begin to uh, really grow with the company. Huh. Nice. Like, yeah, like I, I thought of it that way. Yeah, like I think, I think a lot of times, I think I mentioned a couple times, a couple episodes ago, and that was, oh, no, I didn't actually. Sorry, take that back. I was I was talking to a business owner the other day um, that came into our office, and um, he was talking about how it's so hard to find people and everything and, and all of that, and I, I totally get it, but this is my belief, is that you build a great business and great employees are attracted to it. Um, like obviously you're going to get the people that are suckers, the people that are just trying to get a, you know, a minimum wage job, just trying to work and they're not good employees. They're not reliable. I get that. Like that happens, but to attract really good talent, if you have a company that from the outside, people can tell you're different than the others, you're growing fast. Uh, you, you, you're all your guys are uniformed. They, 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 they are trained professional. Like 
if if you can stand out in that sense in your industry, you'll be amazed that okay, all of a sudden other electricians are like, hey. I need to be working for dependable electrical services because they're growing. Their guys are, are are motivated and inspired when they come to work beyond just punching the time clock for 30 bucks an hour. Because now, now the guys at dependable electrical services know they have a future. You know, they have something to attain. They, they want to become a project manager. That might be their goal. Like, I don't want to just be a tech. I want to be a project manager. And now they have something to work towards. Right. And, um, right. And so that's what I would say. Like, like in short, like first thing first, you can't afford, you can't afford not to have an office person right now. Because like until you get to 1.2 or so, like I don't know what you're taking home and I don't need to know, but like until you get to that kind of like 1.2 and you, you have a project manager to kind of take care of the field and you have an office person to take care of the office stuff, you're not going to see the, the, the bottom line net profit. So then when you, when you have mm-hmm. the office staff yeah. and the project managers, what, what's your focus at that point? It's it's so they should be taking those things. Like if you take what you're doing on a day-to-day, day-to-day basis and you'll n- number it from one to 10, they're taking those things away on the bottom end, like anywhere from five and down. Honestly, all I want to be doing in my company right now is, is, working on the team, like building the team, whether that be hiring, firing, or training. And then I need to be focusing on sales. Now, I'm still not there yet. There's still stuff I'm doing besides that. There's a third and a fourth and a fifth thing. But right now, I'm trying to pair everything down to those two things. And eventually, I'll take away the sales part. Eventually, I'll just be building the team. And all I'll be focused on is is like business development, how, you know, we're going to franchise things like that. And then number two, like just hiring the people to put them in the right position in that framework. But right now I still probably am like you, I have a whole bunch of other stuff I have to do at least, you know, maybe not daily, but weekly that I'm doing that. Like I, like for instance, um, weekly, I still will sit down with my office staff and go over all our expenses transaction by transaction. Um, it's just to make sure that our accounting and the books are all taken care of. At least they are correctly, you know, ledgered and things like that. That's probably something I don't need to be doing. It's probably a waste of my 20, 30 minutes a week. Um, right now I'm still doing it, but I know that that's not a number one or number two priority. And so as we grow, I'll be finding ways to fill that position, that, that task, and it just it's an ongoing you know thing. It's not like tomorrow you hire an office staff, you get an office, I mean a, a project manager, and you're like can only focus on sales. That's just not going to happen. You're a business owner until in, like you like you just got to f- try to put, allocate more and more of your time. Like instead of five percent of knocking on doors, going to luncheons with contractors, going uh, to job sites that you of of contractors you've never uh, done work for before before you you know start going to these uh property preservation meetups stuff like that before you know be, right now it might be five percent like the question i'd be asking how do you get that to 25 percent? like obviously op in a, in a perfect world you'd be out there 80 percent of the time but how can we go to 25 the first thing i i would say is office staff member that's going to get you from the five percent to where like a couple hours a day is like every single lunch can be with a contractor Every, you know, a meetup with contractors, like on meetup.com or wherever, um, uh, some sort of a even business networking thing, just for lunch, doing that every day, like that alone, that takes time. So you've got to, you know, have that other, you know, those other functions in the business that you'd usually be taking phone calls, all that stuff. That's got to be getting taken care of. Gotcha. That makes sense. That makes total sense. So that that time can be asserted in different in a different way, right? And I look at your website and I say, number one, I could say, oh, this isn't a great website, blah blah. blah. But that doesn't matter because I don't even feel like right now, um, that's where you're gonna get your 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 growth is gonna come from. I feel like right now it's a hundred percent about you going and whining, whining, dining, networking, eating meals, yeah. and, and with contractors, right? Going on projects. Consult, you know, giving them free advice, just chatting it up. Um, and that's how you're going to, you're going to grow. You know, when you get to two, three million and you know, basically everyone in your area, yeah, maybe working your website is an option. Um, that might slip higher in your priorities, but right now I think you are, like you said, and that's what I was already thinking is, you know, Scott needs to be out of the day to day answering phones 
and yes, he still, there's other stuff you got to do. Like the problem is people think, okay, I'm going to hire an office me- st- staff member and they're going to take off the 30 hours of me working in the office. What will actually happen is you'll spend 10 hours managing the manager, the office manager, and then you'll save a, you know, the extra 20. Um, right. So don't think like all of a sudden they're going to take everything away from you. And it's not going to be easy because you are a pro at what you do. And so the challenge for you is going to be, Scott, and this might be the apprehension as to why you haven't had an office staff member, is you feel like when a contractor calls, they don't, aren't going to be able to answer the phone or answer their questions the way you want. In an educated way. Right. So, so what I would say is you need to create a framework for that person when they answer the phone to either A, answer simple questions, or B, set up a time for you to call them back. Yeah, that'd be better. Shut up the time. Right. And then number one, that's like contractors are used to that. They don't need to talk to you right away. Usually if they do like have a forwarding thing on the phone where it forwards it to your cell, whatever. Um, Otherwise you have that person schedule you six phone calls in an hour and a half. You come to the back to the office after a meet and greet with a bunch of contractors and knock out all the phone calls that you need to make because they can't answer the technical questions that they have. Perfect. But the Perfect. but and then and then the other apprehension for me would be um, just for billing and stuff like that. I would love to have that off my plate, mm-hmm. but I know that I'm the only one that can interpret what these guys have been doing on the job sites and look at their time cards or dailies and be able to put that down in a way that the customer knows what what service they got. Okay, so give, a lot of it's technical, give me give me an example. Technical. Give me an example of what kind of like a billing statement slash invoices would kind of say. So um, if it's a time material job, um, for say we, we installed 25 feet of LED under cabinet light, installed an LED driver in the attic, we installed a dimmer to run it, and we installed two pendant lights. Yep. And so, so someone that looks at at their dailies wouldn't really know how to, you know, put that. I haven't found a way to have someone interpret that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what I, what I would do, um, so let me just make sure I'm getting this clear. So when you create an, sure. an invoice, you would kind of, I'm guessing, walk through the job and say, okay, we put in X amount of lights, a certain amount of features. It took us, you know, say, 15 grand in in actual materials, say wires and light fixtures. And then mm-hmm. it, let's say it takes $30,000 in labor. Is it kind of how you would break it up in your mind? Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I, I, I do the services, the labor, and then tell them what we did. And then the materials break it down to what materials we used. And then and that cost goes out. Okay. So what I would do is I would, this is what we, I teach on the landscape course that I teach. And that is I would take one, an eight and a half by 11 on word and create three columns on the left. is just going to be description. The center one, which is going to be smaller is going to be materials. And the, the one on the right is just going to be time That's the, the three columns underneath that should just be columns all the way down to the page. What you'll do at the end of each job, when you are ready to build them is literally just fill it out really quickly. Um, and eventually your office person is going to be able to read your writing and kind of interpret a lot of what you're saying too. Um, so so for instance, um, right now I would go to a landscaping job. Um, and how we do it is a little bit different because we do estimates before and then it's exactly the amount at the end. Like we don't charge by time. So it's a little bit different. You're creating your, your invoice probably at the end. Whereas we know what our invoice is going to be right from the get go. For, for, for time and material job, but we, I also do the estimates where I do a bit job. Yep. And usually for us, what I do is because we have, we have two different things. We have our rough in. Mm-hmm. So we'll rough in all the electrical stuff. And then we have to wait for sheetrock, paint, cabinets, and them to finish. And then we come back in and put the fixtures, plugs, devices in. So what I usually do is my estimate gets broken to, into two parts. Mm-hmm. So I'll do the rough in, which will, I'll get a 50% draw on that once we're done with the rough yep. and then we're done with the finished and it's another 50% on the actual invoice, which is a lot easier to bill out. Yeah. And then do you use a software system for your estimates and yeah, stuff? Yeah. Qu- QuickBooks, not FreshBooks, but QuickBooks. QuickBooks. Okay. They're, they're very similar. Yep. Very similar. Yeah. And so, um, let me think here. 
Yeah. So, so what I would do is, so you kind of have a mixture. You have some where you're, you're just time materials and some that you actually have a pretty good idea right from the get go. If you have the ones that you have a pretty good idea, you should be able to basically copy and paste the text from the estimate into the invoice. Now, that being said, when you do an estimate, this is the same thing. I would take that same piece of paper with, you know, description, materials, time. And on the left-hand side, you'd fill in, okay, five LED lights. Uh, we're going to install it, like make it kind of a paragraph style. If you would like that, I'd usually do bullet points. So like what I do, for instance, if we, if I'm going to install a big landscaping job and I'll split it up into say four parts, one is like install a water feature, one's build a retaining wall, one is, um, trim the trees. And then underneath that, I describe that a little bit more, right? So I'll be like, okay, we're going to install a, a paver patio underneath that. I'll say it, we, it'll be a certain type of block. It'll be a certain type of color. It'll be right. so high, so wide. So I describe it. That's all the description that's on the left no column the middle column i'll be like okay then that's going to require 400 blocks it's going to require you know so much paint it's going to require so much of sand so many yards of this right then in the time i just write how many estimated time hours and then we have a all then what my then what i do is i take a picture of that i attach it to the profile of the client my office staff immediately gets that they then look at that their job is now to digitalize that so I can create that estimate in about about five to seven minutes. They're going to probably spend another 10 to 12 minutes making it into a digital format. The thing is, I could do that myself and spend 20 minutes. But remember, my time, like your time, is worth a lot more than the person I'm paying to make that digital estimate or invoice. So what I'm doing is I'm taking that picture. They see it. They know that. I charge a certain hourly rate. They have a price sheet that they have, they're going to compare it to and eventually they memorize it. They know what we charge per yard on every single type of material. They know what the price is per tank of, you know, if we're spraying weed killer, they know the, the price, everything's standardized. And I make sure I use those standardized terms in my lingo. So like I'll say two dump trailer loads of debris, for instance, because they know per dump trailer what the cost is to go to the dump. Um, and so what I would do, I'd be, if I were you, I'd try to create a price sheet for your office staff, whether, and then I would use it yourself before you expect your office staff to use it. So I would, you know, do that same thing, have, have description, time materials in the columns. And then in that materials column, try to standardize everything in there. Like obviously some light fixtures are always going to be different. It's custom stuff, blah, blah, blah. But your time, definitely you should have an hourly rate. Like literally you should say residential hours versus commercial hours. And that should all they should need to know to make that dollar figure. And then you should be able to pump out estimates fast at, at the end of a job. If you need to do change or work change orders, pull up another one of those sheets at the top of the page, put edit estimate or work change order and add the things that you know happened during the job that weren't anticipated. And then they're going to create an invoice and add those things on there. Um, the whole the whole point is just trying to create a system for them to work within that allows them to have the same like you want to put everything in your mind like this is the problem when you get so good at what you do is you got you have it all in your head and then you don't trust anyone else to do it because they literally can't like there's no way that they're going to know all the electrical stuff that you know all the jobs that you've done, all the contractors and like, you know what contractors like certain things or certain ways of it, even yeah. it's being on the estimate, like they can't read that. So you can't expect them to be great at what they're doing. What you're trying to do is now standardize it all. And that's the only way that you can grow the company any further. Like until you, until you, you're kind of at the point where like, you've got to standardize if you're going to grow. And that comes at the cost. It comes at the cost of like some contractors will be like, hey, I like my estimates saying this way. And you're like, sorry, that's standardized and we're going to keep it that way. Like you might lose a couple, right? But you've got to right. standardize. Like we, we've we lost contractors. We lost contracts. Some of our um, bigger jobs, they don't like it because we're tailored our entire, you know, the way we've made everything is for a certain client and we're just going to stay to that way. Um, but the reason that's successful is because it's scalable. So now you can teach someone how to do that really quickly. Hey, this is a, like, if you're training an office staff, this is our price sheet. When you get a picture from me of this sheet that I'm going to fill out by hand, fill it out exactly word by word. And then for the materials and time part, just go to this price sheet, enter in the numbers and then give, give the, essentially the estimate will just have 
the description and the price. That price was determined though by the materials and the time slot that you put in, like filled in, right? So, so I'd be looking to systematize all of that, right? And just like it's it's a big hurdle though I know for for a business owner that has so much experience to hand over the phone, especially or billing or estimates well, or communication. For me, it was just knowing how to do it. I just yeah. didn't. I couldn't see how to make that leap, and you just mm-hmm. made it really clear. And and two, like just just be prepared. They're gonna make mistakes. Like they're just gonna they're gonna say the wrong thing, and and you just have to realize it's part of the, the whole deal. And they and especially if you haven't done it before, you're gonna you're gonna learn what to do and not to do. But what I would say is everything that you know when you're answering the phone, for instance, or billing, try to make that a system. So like the pricing thing, you know how much certain lights cost, you know how long it takes for jobs. How do you systematize yeah. that, right? So that you can create an estimate or an invoice in five minutes and then they can do the legwork part. That's beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, it's, that's, it just made, that's so, so, seems so simple now that you said it and I just couldn't, I couldn't wrap my brain around it. Yeah, it'll take a little bit of time to set up all those um, systems like you're talking about to standardize them. Yeah. But that'll make everything so much more clear and easy mm-hmm. um, to and, do. And even even if you don't, even if the business doesn't scale up like to a massive proportions, because maybe that's not what you want. Even if you just have, like I promise, having an office staff member and then a service, a guy out in the field that is managing them will just help your quality of life. Like, you know, um, you're not going to be working as much, things like that. But the thing is, if you want to scale the business, now you'll have the time to go do the thing you know is going to drive sales. And you'll be confident going into those meetings, those sales meetings, that you have a system in place that will, that will, uh, that will be able to take those new sales and not drop the ball. Because the worst thing for a business owner in our position, like where we're growing quickly and things, to, the the worst thing is to go into a sales pitch and in the back of your mind, you don't know how you're you're going to be able to take the job because you're going to meet those needs. Yeah, right? or or you feel like you're dropping the ball on other jobs, like your 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 guys are messing up, and then your service manager is getting unhappy, and then now your office staff is overloaded, and they don't know what to do. Um, like when you when you go into a sales meeting and you don't think the system that you've created i.e. a business, if you don't think your team can sustain or like take the shock of a new, new, new client that doubles the size of your business, like you don't have any confidence. So what you want to do right. is create a system. Like right now, for instance, I bet if someone came up to you or, or you were offered the opportunity to pitch a $300,000 project, you might be able to do a really good job, but in the back of your mind, you don't know how you're going to, you know, take care of your other customers. Man, like yeah, you, gonna, you wouldn't be able to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to man it without losing other customers because I can't take care of them. Right. And so once you create the, like, this is the two biggest positions, office staff and then a service manager. Once you have that in place, you realize that, okay, if I get the $300,000, I mean, the $300,000 contract, I can A, get a one or two service guys, maybe, or maybe I need to find another uh, manager that creates another team so now what, now what you'd be starting to do is creating teams within your team, right? So that, that, that's what we're working on is having a project manager over four to six guys and then creating another project manager for another four to six guys. And like, that's how you start looking at your business. Okay, this does year... That, does, that pro, does that project manager, does he, is he like a working foreman? So he does work too? Correct. Or he just simp- or does he just simply um, manage... I would I would wait for uh, someone that's simply managing until you have about three project managers, and then that position is going to be kind of what's called like COO, Chief Operating Officer. They're looking after right. all operations, right? So, right. The, but you at first, like right now, if you go out in a few months and you got a, a service, one of your guys to be out in the in the field, you want him to be able to still produce income because you can't take the sh- financial shock right now of paying someone right. eighty grand just that's to what be managed. Yeah, so they can still be working, but they can manage three or four different sites and go and kind of juggle the balls. So instead of you doing that, when like when one when a job is running behind right now, you're going and working there twelve hours. Right. What what you what he should be doing? He should be doing that. 
um, and then he should be focusing on just making sure all the jobs are progressing to where the way they should be so that you can focus on doing the estimates and getting out, getting more work. And once you created this framework where now the office staff is solid and now you're confident in the service side, you realize, okay, I can, you know, like I said, either get more, you can get more service techs and as you get more service techs, you got to find another manager for them, create teams within a team. Once you hit about, you know, this is you know, obviously down the road and this is the position that we're looking to fill next year. Um, is okay one of your three now service managers how can i create an operational manager who then now what's really cool about this is you don't even report to the guys in the field because they're reporting to the coo and he's reporting to you right nice so so i that filters a lot of that out yeah exactly and and then that the one thing that's going to do is you're going to be able to focus on the priorities right and that's and i don't have that part down no science yet like i i don't have a coo um obviously we still need to grow a little bit more but next year is where i'm i'm shooting to get someone like that because i want i i'm like you i realize i want to grow the business and i realize that me being at a job site is just a horrible waste of my time um like even right. if even if a customer's unhappy and they want to quote talk to the owner, like there's nothing that my guys can't do that I can that's gonna make it some something magically happen, like make them better, right? Like they know what we're we're capable of doing, making a customer happy. They they have the system, they know what to do. Um and and there's no reason like this is what I would be doing if I was you, Scott. Like as a company that's making eight to nine hundred grand, I don't know what your salary is and I don't need to know, but like you are worth over $50 an hour easily. So everything that is worth under $50 an hour, you should be trying to fill the position. If that's answering phones for 15, 20 bucks an hour, do it. You know, if it's down the road, someone working um, on a website or something like that, and you're you're paying them 15, 20, 30 bucks, like just do it. Because you got to realize there's, there's things that you should be doing that are worth two, $300 an hour. And that's pitching, that's networking, that's talking and getting new sales, doing estimates. Right. Um, right. and so just audit, I, if I were you, I would just audit your day to day and see what, uh, what is the least producing for your company and then fill those positions, knock them out one at a time. That's what I'm going to do. Awesome. I'm going to start with the, with the office, part-time office help. Yeah, for sure. Hey, hey, man! It's been go. good talking. I got, I do have to go though. I'm a few minutes already late to the next one. So, um, but do stay in touch, and then um, you know, maybe this fall, uh, like December, or something. Check in, like, let me know if you got someone for the office, and then it, you'll probably be in the transition to even trying to find one of your guys to go service manager, and that'll be a whole little kind of different can of beans, right? So we can talk about yeah, that maybe in sure. December. Hey, hey, Mike! Thanks for your time, man. I really appreciate it. My pleasure, Scott. You have a good evening. All right, you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.